love me, yeah, they love me. First, love yourself. And God, we trust. Trust me, I don't trust myself. Your jewelry, I get it to no show. Welcome back to It Is What It Is. This episode is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. The app is an easy way to make some cash just by making picks on your favorite players. Underdog is available in more than 30 states, including California, Florida, Texas, and New York, just to name a few. Make sure to support the show by hitting the link in the bio and downloading the Underdog Fantasy app. It will also match your first deposit up to $100, and you get a special pick when you sign up. I'm Treasure Wilson, a.k.a. Stat Baby, along with your host, Mace, and Kit's back. I'm back, man. What's up, What's good? What's up, man? How you? back for how long? back for good. Yo, that's wild, man. I got three Zoom days. You had 29, man. I'm going to use my Zoom days accordingly, man. My building in Miami is putting me through the ring. It ain't, you know... Little, you know, HOA shit, man. You know, yeah. you know, a little HOA shit when you live in Miami, man. So I had to take care. Of, they don't like doing electronic signing, so I was taking care of a little business. But I missed you guys, man. Yeah. Well, when I what's what's the name? I want to play something for y'all since I've been gone. Let me play this real quick. What do you mean, Mace, right here? <laughs> What are you talking about right there? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I barely know you. The way you front make me want to blow you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Somebody said. <laughs> I just couldn't thought I'd come back with <laughs> I barely know you. The way you act make me want to blow you. <laughs> I, I just like somebody said that, that to me. I was just okay. Joking. You Cam Newton in right now. <laughs> you Cam Newton right now. I, I, I know. Okay. I, I don't think I was there when I first I think that was you and Carter. I missed that. I wasn't at the radio station that day. <laughs> I was you and Cardi uh, right there. Oh, uh, I was just checking in. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was just checking back in, like you know, I'm back, boy. So, <laughs> uh, I know, I know what you're doing. Though. <laughs> I know I gotta be prepared. <laughs> I barely know you. The way you act make me wanna blow you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jiggalo. <laughs> well, it's glad to have you back, Cam. Today we are joined with our analyst, Maurice Claret. Mo, what's up, man? Mo, what's good? It's good, man. Good to see you, bro. Likewise, enjoying Ohio, baby. Yo, yo, what's your workout regimen? Pause, man. Like you, you got the muscles. Pause. Your face is you're pure. Look like you eat good. You got a workout regimen? Like you healthy? I, I, what's your like regimen every day? Oh, Zimpic. Oh, I get about five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 no, nah, I get about five, five thirty. Hit the gym, and then uh, after like midday, I go back. You know, hit the gym in the afternoon, and just go every day. That's what's up, man. Still look like you could play out there, man. Well, I appreciate it. Got to take care of yourself. Yes, yeah, sir. Definitely. Okay. So we're going to start with the end. Look NC- at this nigga Mace face. <laughs> look at him. Look at him. <laughs> 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 
I know it. I know you've been having something. He goes to the archive. Right. You're not even paying attention to the show. Nigga, like, okay. This is why we saved this. Okay, well, y'all, the NCAA is being sued by the attorney generals of Tennessee and Virginia regarding NIL related guidelines. So, Maurice, I know you have some more insight. Can you explain more of that to us? And then what are you guys' thoughts on this? Yeah, so the, the attorney general for both Tennessee and Virginia are suing the NCAA because they said the NCAA is starting to infringe on how these schools use these collectives to basically recruit players. And said in another way, they're basically saying like, look, man, um, you all are uh, supporting these collectives and the NIL stuff is even crazier than we thought. We can't do anything about it. And so we pissed at y'all. And so the irony of the entire situation is that uh, the same people, the states who can basically pay the players, they're suing the NCAA. So it's really like they're suing themselves when they can really just pay the players themselves or enact rules to pay themselves. But just like we said before, we've been saying all season, all this stuff is coming to a head. All this stuff is crazy. And what I mean when I say crazy, just to describe it even more, you have uh, legislative bodies who are saying, hey, man, these schools, these state institutions need these players because this helps with enrollment. It helps to drive revenue. It helps for us to sell tickets. It helps for our universities to basically be competitive. And they're mad at the NCAA and both both the NCAA and the, um, the, the state legislators who basically run the schools because these state institutions, they could have been playing these players. But I said this, I said it from the beginning of the season, I say it now. I don't know how all this stuff is basically going to blow up, but it's on the train tracks right now. And and like what we're seeing in real time, that this whole thing is about to blow up because anytime you have legislative bodies going towards the NCAA and this ain't players or just us talking on these platforms. Anytime you got these legislative bodies saying, hey, man, NCAA, y'all have to do something like something's going to get done. It's a whole situation that happened with NIL. Once the dude in California, Gavin Newsom, got involved and he trickled his deal with letting players do NIL then the whole world followed after. Yeah, this this situation is really interesting. I thank you for sharing that. Um, when it comes down to the NIL deal, deals, I think that what what's happening here is like they're suing to try to get some of their money back. It's like their last stance to get some of the control back. So if they lost a lot of money in the NIL deals, this is a way for them to get back that control over the students, but I think they could, they probably could find a way to agree to coexist and just say, maybe you guys keep the NILs and we don't get a scholarship. Maybe we pay for college out of the NILs and we can make as much money as we want to make. That seemed like a, um, a great solution to that. The, 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 the biggest thing they're fighting against, my, my fault, Cam, and I didn't want to no, uh, no, you're cut, fine, it off, cut you off. Our, I'm yeah, listening. The, the biggest thing they fight. No, the biggest thing they're fighting against is that they don't want to deem players employees. So as long as you keep them as students and as long as you say, hey, 
the NIL exists and we control all of the money that comes into these guys, to, to the system, to these guys, they want to keep it like that. Once you become an employee, which these people technically are, then you fall up under labor laws. That's what the NB, that's what the NCAA is really fighting. And the NCAA has gotten to, or, or the state legislators have gotten to the point that it's like, man, fuck this, man. These dudes, employees, and these athletes generate so much money for our schools. This ha- like this, this is far above sports, right? Once you start getting legislators in it, you have people who at these institutions, they call their lobbyists, they call the elected official, they go and say, yo, bro, they fucking up our collective. Our collective wanted to recruit this kid from Florida, this kid from Alabama, this kid from Ohio, and the NCAA is infringing on that, right? And so now that's that's the core issue. You know what I'm saying? So now the states are saying, like, we don't care about that. We want these dudes to participate in the revenue. And so the NCAA needs to allow these people to participate. All this stuff is fighting. Like, if, if you're just a common lay person and don't know what's going on, you say, man, what is he really saying? Everybody's fighting to not make these kids employees. Once you make them employees, they can unionize and they have a, they have uh, labor rights. And once you have these rights, it's just a different conversation. That's why they're like saying, hey, stay in this NIL space stay in a space where people can pay you and we kind of control it. But at the end of the day, it's not going to happen. Once you get all these governing bodies fighting for their ability to bring these kids inside these schools, which increases revenue and which increases enrollment and keeps these restaurants filled, these drinks getting bought, this beer getting sold. Once you fighting like that, it's like the the almighty white man versus like the small white man and the almighty white man going to win. So just so basically, from what I'm hearing uh, from you, Mace, and I know Stat read the question because I'm just catching up on this, and I'm just using the schools that are um, we're talking about with Virginia and Tennessee. <clears throat> to me, it seems like just straight up and down. Look, these kids in our school ain't getting the NIL deals like that. Fuck y'all going to do to help us get these kids some money so we could start recruiting the best kids in the nation again. Because the niggas over here are not, uh, don't have charisma or don't have markability or whatever the word you want yeah. to use. Swag, no swag. swag. Right, exactly. No res. No res, whatever, exactly, no motion. So <laughs> they're good players, but they're not getting the money. So now we need to figure out a way because they're not marketable to get them some money. So now niggas is like, yo, fuck is going on, NCAA? Y'all niggas making billions. So now the legislation from Virginia and, and uh, Tennessee is getting involved because they like, we're never going to get the good, good players because the good players with Riz, Swag, Motion, et cetera, are going to get recruited by the other schools that's putting a battery in their back and they could get them a Cadillac deal or a Pepsi deal or a, a AT&T deal or any, any sponsorship deal that they can get to where schools like Tennessee and Virginia are having problems getting kids money outside in the NIL deal. So now they're like, fuck that. Y'all niggas making billions off these niggas. Figure out how to pay them. Is that what I'm hearing? That's exactly what you you heard correctly. 1,000%. Yeah, yeah, we ain't even got to put that shit in no major form. Y'all thinking, we've been saying this. <laughs> this we, we just this the is fuck, exactly this, what we've yeah, been we, saying. We've been saying this for years. <laughs> now that niggas is, now see this is this, this is why like, Nick Saban skipped out. Yeah, yeah, this, said, yeah, this, I ain't yeah. gonna be able to recruit through this. Yeah, this I'm a bow early. Exactly. <laughs> so we just said in a nice way what niggas been saying for 20, 30 years. 
Figure out how to pay these niggas to school, not NIL. See, they said, all right, the schools, to me, it started with the basketball shit. When the niggas started saying, all right, cool, don't go to college. The, the G League would give you $500,000 coming out of high school if you're one of the top high school kids. And then not only that, you had kids going to um, HBCUs because they could get paid because the HBCUs are not NCAA teams. So you had the top recruits in basketball saying, I'm going to go, I'm just using it for example, I'm going to Grambling. Yeah. It's not NCAA, I can still get paid. I'm going to go to G League for a year and make a guaranteed $500,000. Or you know what, if I'm LaMelo Ball, I'm going to go play in Australia for a couple years and come back. They're finding ways to get paid before they get to the end of, and the NBA. And now it's trickling down to, the, um, to football because NIL came in and now they're saying, all right, we can't pay you, but go eat. So now niggas like, bet, you said go eat. I'm going to go eat. So now niggas eating, and now it's backlash on certain schools to like, all right, damn, nobody coming here because we can't. The best niggas is going to where they can get them more money. You know, I was I was in the locker room with a coach. That was crazy, though. Whatever. It's nothing crazier niggas, than I don't know you, and you make eating. me want to blow you. That's, niggas is eating, and you're right. you told me <laughs> right. go It's eat. crazy. You're <laughs> right. <laughs> you're right. It's nothing crazier than I barely know you, and you make me want to blow you. <laughs> You got yeah, it today, bro. <laughs> go on your notes. Just go scroll down. Do what you got. I know. I already know what today's gonna be about after I said it. You right? That was crazy. <laughs> Did it win for the day? No. <laughs> I already know what this is about. I know I gotta be on lookout for the next week or two till you find something that equals. I barely know you, and you make me want to blow you. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> I know you're going back in that phone in a minute. I know it's something in there. But, the, yeah. but but back to what I was saying is basically that now that the schools are, are suffering, they want to they want to figure out a way for the schools to pay the players. And this conversation has been going on for years. And uh, it just seems like the players figured out a way to get a dollar. And now schools or cities, I'm not saying which school it is because uh, Tennessee and Virginia uh, are both states. But it seems like they they get frustrated with not winning, and that winning doesn't look like it's going to be on their schedule unless they can get these kids some money. Yeah, they're like it, so it me, was I, no I just problem. Add, I add one thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mo. No, just to add one thing to it, what the NCAA is is arguing is they're arguing that the way that the collectives are going about recruiting the players, they're trying to put controls on that, and that's why they said, "Hey, man," that's why the state legislator said, "Man, like get the fuck out of here." You know what I'm saying? So they kind of brought this on themselves, like, all right, you can these collectives can go get these kids, but the NCAA is trying to say, man, there's a certain way that you should you should and shouldn't recruit these kids. And the legislators like, man, get the fuck out of here. That's 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 the beef. That's 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 what's going on right now. Pocket watching. Yeah, listen, I I was I went to a couple games this year, and it it wasn't just Dion. I'm not even talking about Dion because that's the only place you see me at. I went to a couple college games uh, this year, and I was in the locker room, and I seen recruits come in, um, you know, high school recruits come into these schools. I won't say the schools that I went to. Um, and there's like, yo, uh, what the coaches, or not the head coach, but it was assistant coaches, and they said, uh, you know, what, what you need to get here? And, and the and the kids said, look, man, I just want to know what kind of defense y'all running. And 
And what's the most money I can make? He said, oh, if you're worried about money, you could just look in the parking lot. There's Lamborghinis, there's trucks, there's all type of shit out there. If you're worried about money, this is the last place you're going to have to worry about money. We're going to get you the bag. He said, the least kid on the team is making $2,500 a month. And that's a scrub. So that's what coaches is telling players. And if you ain't got that, <laughs> yeah. they, you know what I'm saying? Niggas is like, you go there, you go to school and nigga tell you that, and then you go to the parking lot and see all the shit that he talking about. Then you go to a school in Tennessee, like, well, we're focused on education here. <laughs> we, all our kids graduate. Yeah, yeah we have a 92% graduation rate. And then they'll put you off into the field. They on the, they on the pocket watching list for the NCAA. Yeah, so if I'm you I'm going to have to put my list up. Yeah, so that's why niggas is mad at the recruiting stack. Because if you got a nigga with nigga, fuck is you. And then you got, yeah. Well, what you're going to get is a great education when you come here. Nah. nah. When you leave here, you're going to be a grown man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Nah. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. I dig. I dig, baby. Good point. Okay. Moving along, there's 21 current and former athletes that own part of professional sports teams. The rules vary from sport to sport regarding ownership, but the NFL is the hardest to gain ownership of. They also happen to have the most black players in the league. So why do you think the NFL is the most difficult? Maurice first. I was two things. Um, I looked I looked up a bunch, but when I seen it, it was like two glaring uh, things that I think that they like kept in place. And it, it it's the highest barrier to entry because it's the most profitable professional league, right? So the average team make about, I think like um, an aggregate is like 150 million. The Dallas Cowboys made up to 460 million or 225 million, my fault, uh, over the last year back in 22 when I looked at the data. Uh, but the reason that the barrier to entry is so heavy is to literally keep black dudes out, right? And so when you look at it, uh, one of the biggest uh, barriers is that you have to have 25 or 30% of the purchase price, right? And so if you're talking about $5 billion, you got to have a billion in cash, right? I don't give a fuck. I don't know no nigga unless you're like a Nigerian or something who just got a billion in cash laying around. That means you would have to have to make made $5 billion either through a product or a service, had netted that million or that billion out, and that you would want to even invest in sports things, right? And then they say you can't raise private equity, right? So that throws a bunch of people out where you have to go raise the money to then go invest in the team. You can't get with these sovereign wealth funds. So you can't go to Saudi Arabia and get them, if that if that's what they mean, if that's what sovereign wealth funds mean. But I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it means, right? And when you look at all of the barriers, you would say to yourself, like, man, if you're talking about uh, inclusion and, and wanting to give guys ownership and you make like these subcommittees with Robert Kraft and all these people to gain ownership, uh, you would think that it would be easier for guys to come together. Even this, you can't have more than 25 people inside of an investing group. So to to pull that much money from black people or the majority of black people when it's only a handful, it just leads you to believe that, man, we ain't going to tell you that y'all niggas can't come in here, <laughs> but y'all niggas ain't getting here, right? And you can look at the landscape of America and just see who has what and where they've gained their money from and what industry they got it from. So uh, that's my thoughts and my two cents on it. But when I seen it, it was interesting. But all these soccer teams and other leagues that people are able to invest in, they're not as profitable as the NFL. And uh, the reason that they're keeping it that way, I think, is to just keep just a certain demographic of people out. Maurice, before I go into my um, take on that question, 
Do you believe there's 25 people that can come up with that amount of money? Uh, they're not, they, they wouldn't be all black. And I'm not saying that you have to be all black, but if you want to be the principal owner, you have to have uh, the, that 25 or 30% in cash. It's one of those numbers, right? And so if the team sold for $6 billion, I just use five as a round number. And I said for, for just your regular average layperson who, to have a billion dollars in cash laying around for a black person to be a principal owner, that's a stretch. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people get confused net worth with actual cash value. There's a lot of black people who are billionaires through assets and things that they own. But to just have a billion dollars sitting around and say, hey, I want to invest this into a team and I have the wherewithal and all the voting, like that's a different thing. And then when you're sitting here talking about, um, to, to answer your question, the 25 people you're talking about, yeah, you can get 25, but it's going to be, you're going to have to raise debt, right? So, you know, any good idea, like if you go to somebody and say, hey, man, on average, we profit $150 million uh, and I need to raise $100 million or 200 or 30 million or 40 million. You can get it put together, but the NFL has restrictions on the debt that you can take to basically invest in the product, right? You can get a bunch of private equity, right? You can go get private equity and say, okay, I'm going to buy the Washington Redskins or I'm going to buy the Dallas Cowboys. And they can look at the historical financials and see it will perform, but the NFL doesn't allow you to take on that much debt as a person, which then limits the amount of ability, which limits the ability of the people who actually have the cash. That's what I was saying. So when you look at it that way, you, you can look at LeBron or KD or Steph or people who've made all this money and you're just saying, do they have that cash sitting around and do they have the wherewithal to basically become a principal investor and own? And I'm pretty sure with that ownership comes like exclusive voting rights and all type of other shit. So when I just look at it, I just like, man, uh, it, it's great to celebrate guys. But then you look at the thing that's the most profitable and you look at the structure of it and you say, OK, this isn't fit for just your average nigga to walk through the doors and become an owner. I'm going to just say, as far as football is concerned, it's just the good old boys league, man. Yeah. It's, 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 it ain't even that deep. Pause. I mean, you gave, you gave great points, Mo, and absolutely, especially with other sports. You know, we see other sports where it's minority owners that have a percentage. Like, you know, and then, you know, we're, we're black, so we get a half a percent, we own the team. Yeah, I own it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Nigga walking down the corridor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> on the yeah. field. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. own it. Yeah. Fuck this nigga's talking. <laughs> I own shit. Nigga got 1%. I own it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but as far as the NFL concerned, I don't really see a black owner anytime soon unless pressure is going to be put on them. I know we have magic as a uh, minority owner in um, Washington, but I'm talking about the real, real ownership. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like Jerry the, Jones. Yeah, yeah, the real ownership. <laughs> the average age of an NFL coach is 72 years old. That's real old white shit. But yeah. when, I, when, I, when I say that, I don't mean in no disrespect. I'm talking about that's the niggas who see. Look, we got to think about this, right? And I know he tried to say he didn't have nothing to do with it, and I don't know. I can't tell by a picture or not. We actually saw Jerry Jones in a picture of them bussing black kids in the school. Yeah. Like it was, he was in the picture. So you got to think about this, what my state they came from. You know, you have these people, and I'm not going to put it <laughs> yeah, on these Yeah, you things. change. I didn't. Yeah. I ain't going to put it. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to put it mindset. on. that mindset. Right. I'm not going to put it on these owners and be like, 
this is them. But it's a lot of people in America that's white to be like, we're losing the country. <laughs> we're losing everything. <laughs> <laughs> They're taking everything from us. God damn. Can, Can we, we have, have anything? anything? <laughs> <laughs> God, God, God. Next, next thing you know, they're going to want to be president. Yeah. Oh, shit, they're fucking president. <laughs> like, they get mad at that shit. And I believe that the one collective is the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> that they say, no, 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 no. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, y'all have done this, this everywhere. <laughs> and I will not. not. <laughs> I will not. I will not let this happen. I <laughs> and they call the other good old boys and say, how about you? Yeah, listen, man, let me ring some of these ages <laughs> off real quick. Chicago Bulls, um, Virginia McCaskey, 97 years old. Mike Brown for the for uh, Cincinnati, 84 years old. Janice McNair, 84 years old. Uh, who you got? Uh, Stephen Ross, 80 years old, Miami Dolphins. Jerry Jones ain't even the oldest nigga on here. Shout out, I ain't gonna do that to my nigga right here, Robert Kraft, official nigga right here. We gonna skip past him. Jerry Jones, 77 years old. Uh, Arthur Blank, uh, the Falcons, 77 years old. Uh, Woody and Christopher Johnson, 73. These niggas is from that era. <laughs> niggas is like, yo. <laughs> niggas march with Dr. King in them. They marched against yeah, Dr. Yeah, King. Yeah, yeah, That was that Molly Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> yeah. Let me stop. It's they, Black niggas, History Month, yeah. They, they know a nigga with yeah, a Molly niggas, Them cocktail. niggas marched. Them niggas marched against. Yeah, you know, and if they didn't, some of their peers... They know yeah, about they, it. Yeah, they know. They know nigga. somebody who did. Yeah, they know a nigga who was who threw a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> yeah. cocktail, cocktail at a <laughs> they nigga. They know somebody who knocked a black nigga out. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. They know some nigga who sprayed a nigga with the water hose paws. At the end of the day, this is that era. And what happens is, a lot of people don't realize this. You have to get. You could have the money, but if them niggas don't, as a collective, vote you win, you can't just be an owner. It has to be. Everybody on the same page, like, all right, we gonna let this nigga be an owner. So you got you have ten billion dollars and say, I wanna buy the fucking uh, North Carolina Panthers. They ain't shit to Charlotte Panthers. They ain't shit, and they be like, who her her son Tyrone Campbell? Nah, 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 nah. Frederick Jones, nah. me Watson. What you mean, Kimmy Watson? <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> that ain't happening, bro. So as much as I wanted to change, you got to... Then what you have to realize as well is that this shit becomes generational. You think Jerry Jones is not going to give the team to his son or the next person is not going to give it to their son or daughter or the next person not going to break it down? So then they they sit there and tell them, I know you cool with, 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 uh, with your man Tyrone and all that. This is your thing. They got they thing. <laughs> this is your thing. <laughs> you don't run a hundred yards a game. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't run as fast as you. He can't think as fast as you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this is how they teach these niggas to keep shit in house. Period. Yeah. This is not even just in sports. This is in a lot of other places. He said, too, yeah, so. just let them coach. Yeah. By the time you get old enough, we'll let them coach. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it won't get any fun. Now, G uh, GM, we're going to stop right there because it's getting too close. 
for comfort. <laughs> he said, why you don't want me to own a team? I want you to do what you're great at. Yeah, exactly. You're great at coaching. Exactly, exactly, man. So that's how I feel about that. Good point. Okay, so moving along, we've seen that gambling has become a lot more prominent among athletes. Spoke last week about the Patriots wide receiver and his 8,900 bets. Now two dozen student athletes from Iowa and Iowa State are under investigation for a similar type of thing. So what did you think when you heard about the new case? Maurice first, and then can you give more insight? Yeah, well, we I said last week, uh, I was like, man, I wish these guys would have made bets up under like alias names or whatever, right? But come to find out, the kids from Iowa and Iowa State, it was student athletes, it was a uh, Football players, wrestlers, basketball players, there was a few different people from a different, you know, a few different sports. And so they uh, actually were making bets uh, up under family members' names and up under A-list's <laughs> names. And I didn't even know that that was a, a crime, right? So they got charged with like uh, stolen identities and some other stuff. And so I didn't realize that when you, um, they have some technology, they call it like a geofence that they put around campuses to see where bets are coming from. And I just don't know like the like the whole legalities around that, but they basically caught all these uh, student athletes basically um, gambling. And so what happened was it was like it just reminded me like of an old dope case, right? Uh, the, the the people who are defending the athletes they like, yo man, that was a, a legal search and seizure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like y'all y'all invaded these guys' privacy and y'all should never found that stuff out. And then you have the NCAA and the and the governing bodies who was ever charged them. They said, hey, man, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? These dudes shouldn't have been gambling in the first place. Uh, and it just made me think, like, where's gambling going? Where's sports going? And uh, if, you, if, 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 if it was kids at Iowa and Iowa State who are doing that, chances are, you know, other kids at other universities who are doing the same thing. And it just makes me wonder, like, where's this stuff going to go? I don't know. I don't know y'all thoughts on it. I have a bit more insight before you go too. So like, just like an example, like one of the kids, and I'm not going to say the name, like he used his mom's name for the sports betting account and was just placing bets. And some of them included also student managers who were working directly with students on the teams. But isn't that what, I mean, people are going to always find loopholes and pause it. That's what kids do. Figure out a way to do it without their parents, right? That's a fact. Listen, man. Just to, I have a, I want to say something else about it, but just to piggyback pause off of what you just said. Look, I remember when when LimeWire and all that shit came out, and niggas was, wasn't paying for music. The cool kids stopped paying for music. Yeah. It was like, why would you buy that and you get it for free? I remember me and my lawyer Andrew Berkman. Shout out to Andrew Berkman. I ain't see him in a minute. My former lawyer, and we was having a discussion about kids at that time when like. Uh, it was Long Wire and it was something else. I forget the other shit that Sean Napster. Parker's. Napster. Yeah. And, they, and they was like, yo, yeah, Sean Parker and them niggas. And they was like, yo, if you, it was a point in time and, you know, they figured it out with streaming and everything else to where it, it make a little more sense. But if you was the cool kid, you wasn't paying to buy music. I didn't want me to interrupt you. I just wanted to piggyback. No, that, you was, said, that was it. That's right. where I was going. Yeah, because you had said that that's what niggas learn how to do. <laughs> how to yeah. beat the system, kids, when you said that. So, but my thing is, look, you want to know my real opinion? I think a lot more niggas going down. I think when one nigga get caught, four niggas get caught. <laughs> niggas start telling. It ain't even that. Oh, word? Do you know what's going on in Iowa? <laughs> Put a fence up and find out. You think I'm the only one? 
Go down and watch Jackson, <laughs> Wyoming. You think, if you think it's just me, you out your damn mind. And I bet you in the next few weeks that more people are going to go down because niggas don't like going down by themselves, pause. And at the end of the day, it will be more people that's going to get told on. This isn't by coincidence that somebody like, oh, word, you ain't here from me. But the wrestlers, the football players, all them niggas in Iowa have been acting crazy. If you don't believe me, just go find out. Yeah. That's amazing. They even got eighth graders doing it. There's breaking the rules. Look, they make everything way too easy. Yes. It's accessible. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is they put these fake parental <coughs> guidance on the phones and TVs like the kids ain't going to figure out a way to go around the parental guidance. <laughs> like, yo, you, yo, block your son's phone. Or, yo, do this or do that. Look, I got... I got He's like, huh, that's my fake phone anyway. Right. You know, you know what's crazy is that... I'm going to give you an example real quick. I'm not going to blow their names up or whatever, but I, I know somebody who has a 10-year-old a, a daughter, and they tracked the daughter from school and everything else. And the daughter was in the library um, with her friends studying or whatever. So her mom wanted to surprise her and bring all the kids McDonald's or whatever. So she pulls up to the library, bring the McDonald's. They not in there. <laughs> He yeah. said, where's my daughter? And he said, oh, she told me to watch, your watch her phone till she get back. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo. <laughs> now she on a manhunt for her daughter. She looking for her daughter. She going crazy things on her daughter. Her daughter took extra clothes to school, <laughs> wearing a miniskirt, 10 years old, with lipstick and all that. They come out the building doing all this shit with the mother. So they like, oh, shit. But this is what I'm talking. Kids are trained to go against their parents when they want to get something done that they can't, their parents don't want them to do. Yeah. And I don't think that's cute at all for a 10-year-old. I'm just giving an example how, how like you said, eighth graders, yeah. so it made me think about it. It's like, damn, a 10-year-old is smart enough to say, you're going to be here for an hour, right? Yeah. Just don't answer this. <laughs> yeah, put the put the air tag on the dog. Right, yeah. Let exactly. them run around. We yeah. sit down in the house. I'm noticing you just keep moving. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. So we see independent media is on a takeover. That's what I'll call it. And independent platforms are now getting credentialed to be at live games and at post-game interviews. So do you guys find this a problem or do you think that this should be welcomed more now that media is being shown in different forms? And then Maurice, I know you had a specific story. I want you to share that first before everybody gives their thoughts. Yeah, well, well Pat Bev, uh, you know, he has the uh, podcast he does with the um, the young dude every week. And uh, what it was was that I think the guy who produces this show or a guy who's uh, with him, he goes and like the post-game presser, he was asking questions and he was getting uh, pictures of Pat Bev, like the shirt that he had on. He must have had like some sort of sponsorship deal with it. And there was just questions that the people who were part of the old media didn't care for so much. Right. And so they was bitching about it, that how is it that like former players now are bringing people to get credential inside of a space that they once controlled. And so it makes you think now when you see ESPN laying people off and all these major major networks laying people off, and even journalists, they try to jump and just uh, get into the podcasting space. You wonder with so much money that's tied to that, so many sponsorships and so many these people coming from big networks, how will big networks lean on these professional sports teams or college teams 
to say, hey, man, keep these people out of our space because athletes, entertainers or whoever can come and take over that space, too, once they learn how to get credential rights. So I, I don't know. It was it was like that story has sparked the thought. And I just wanted to hear y'all thoughts on it. Man, that's crazy. While you was talking, I just saw us doing the the NBA draft, like talking to the people who got drafted. Yeah, man. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> You thank us. <laughs> you know, really want to. I'm not saying niggas wasn't doing it before us, but we really kind of pushing the envelope. And I don't really mean to pat myself on the back like that. But yo, it is what it is. No pun intended. Look, every fucking show, niggas been saying pause. I mean, don't get me wrong, Harlem niggas, and you know, we used to say something else related to pause. Every show is pausing out pause as they should. So it's niggas be saying some wild shit, but we made it comfortable for niggas. Imagine before our show if niggas said that on TV. He's like, oh, nah, you wild or you fine. Yeah. You bugging out. It's crazy. We we watching Pat Bev, Pat Bev, Pat, shout out to Pat Bev. We watching Pat McAfee at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time, curse on ESPN every single day at 12 in the afternoon. And you know what's crazy about it? Imagine the employees that still working there before Pat McAfee, they still can't curse. So yeah. Pat McAfee, strong arm his way in the ESPN, got a bag to niggas. Yeah, that don't you watch what he do. You yeah, ain't him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you not him, nigga. So, and, I'm not, and you know it's one thing. Remember like Mace, like, some of y'all may not know this, but it was like BET had this shit called BET After Dark where, you know, the videos would get a little more yeah. raunchy than it was in the daytime. <laughs> a little, maybe a little areola, a little bit. Nothing, nothing yeah, crazy. Nelly messed that up. Yeah, yeah. But the point <laughs> being is, the point being is, they had it after dark. Niggas is at broad daylight, twelve in the afternoon, <laughs> on ESPN saying shit. Man, forget all that bum ass shit. Fuck that. Da, da. I'm like, wow, <laughs> yeah. wow, this is really amazing. So. It's going to go towards that because at the end of the day, the people that you're getting your information for is two things. Look, you want reliable information. Three things, pardon me. You want reliable information. You want somebody who you could relate to yeah. telling you reliable information. And you want it when the information comes out. Pause. Mm -hmm. You don't want to sit there and wait a week for the information. You don't want to sit there and wait two weeks. Then you want to, you know, as much as, as much as, and don't get it fucked up. I'm one of the smartest niggas that niggas will ever know. But I dumb down a lot of shit because everybody's not going to have the intelligence that you have. I can walk in a room and sit down with a lot of people. And at the same time, not saying people don't have the intelligence that you have, but everything don't have to be a, um, a dictionary. Right. Yeah. You know, everything doesn't have to be a, a analytics. Same way we was just talking about uh, the legislator legislation in Virginia and Tennessee, mm -hmm. and we had all that fly shit to say, and then I said, hey, man, this all these niggas want is to get niggas yeah. back at their school. That was the real breakdown of that. So when you get information from somebody who looks like you, talks like you, or not only looks like you and talks like you, somebody you may want to look like and talk like, it's something cool to watch, and I think it's going to go further to that because now you're getting the real-time information from somebody you can relate to as somebody... You can't relate to. I sit there and I watch a lot of the ID channel, right? Or True Crimes or whatever I watch. And it's a black guy up there. And he's like, and he'll sit there and be like, I can't think of that nigga name. I'm gonna Google that nigga name when we before we come back, when we come back. But he sits there and he says, 
And she was left there to die. When we come back, we're going to speak to her nephew <laughs> whose DNA was all over the place. And I'll be sitting there like, yo, you think when he home, he talk like this, yo? <laughs> you think when he walks in the kitchen, like... I'm going to need a turkey sandwich for dinner, babe. Like, yo, my nigga, it be mad stiff paws and it be mad corny. But, you know, I, I like snapped and I DJ him. But I be looking at niggas and I be looking like. <laughs> you watch you, snap, killer. Got to watch snap because you don't know what these bitches could be up to. You got to watch they full potential. I watch snap every Sunday because you never know. Every time I watch snap, I say, damn, she really she took, doing it, she took it to yeah. the next level. Like, yo, you got, I want to snap every week to see what's new that the pictures we come up to. <laughs> no, I started watching Snap. My my shorty, she uh, God bless the dead. My shorty passed away. She one day um shout out R.I.P. to Wasa. One day I um I I speak to her. whatever was going on. I walked in and she had the face like I said, "What's going on? What you do today?" She said thinking of ways to kill you without getting in trouble. <laughs> I said, <laughs> oh. I said oh, turn me on a little bit. <laughs> I said, I like that. <laughs> Sitting there plotting your death. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Let me see what these bitches really be doing. <laughs> I'm just being yeah. honest, but yeah, man. I, I think... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 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 you told me, but yeah, I think that when you get information from uh, people that's more relatable, like I said, don't even have to look look like you or talk like you. Listen, I I, I walked through the airport not today, um, not yesterday, rather, but when I was leaving Vegas to go back home, two white men they had to be in between sixty and sixty five. I said, "Are you Cameron?" I said. Yeah, I'm Cameron. I love the, the, you have the best podcast in the world. It's the best, it's the best. You give real insight. And that, and what you said about McCarthy is right. The passion wasn't there. He's <laughs> 65, 670 years old, white man. You know what I'm saying? This is what they, they want, they don't want, they tired of that shit, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not but surprised just, at all. Go ahead, mom, sorry. Just think about this, right? So many of these shows are built on highlights and post-game pressers, right? So when you get into they, when you when you literally go into what is the most valuable thing to them, they start to think like, man, this shit is over. And that's 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 literally what they're seeing. And I I, I guarantee you this, I can't say that this is for a fact. I guarantee well, I, I'll say this, I would be willing to bet that they have some sort of regulatory issues with how many of these credentials or if former players have the independent platforms or something, I just know it's something coming down the, the train tracks that will try to stop this force. Because if you start, if you get post-game pressers in, guys get their own guys in there and they start to do post-game interviews, that takes away and all they have is the highlights left. And then I'm pretty sure they'll find a different way to divvy out these highlights to different independent platforms once this thing starts going. Um I don't know, once it starts to progress, that's my thoughts on it. Look, last thing I'll say about it is this. It's almost like the newspaper and social media or the internet. If you got to wait till the morning to get your news, you're going to miss out on mad news. It's like if you wait, for, you got to wait till the morning for the newspaper to come out. 
That's why you got social media. That's why you got these platforms so you get in real time. When the Greek freak trips and falls, God forbid, and hurts his ankle, you don't have to wait till the morning to find out what happened. You go on your page and everybody's going to sit there and say, oh, this is what really happened. It's like, and shout out to, and shout out to Unk and, uh, and, and uh, Ocho Cinco and um, Gilbert Arenas now. You know, they got they, they had a great show called Nightcap, and what they're doing is they're every night or every other night, they're at midnight going over what happened. At that day, they're not waiting for the morning for ESPN to come on. They're not waiting for 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 a.m. You, you, you finish watching your games, if you're not tired, they're going to go there at midnight and tell you what happened tonight instead of waiting for the morning. I see both sides, though, because I feel like a lot of people nowadays don't know how to adjust to what new media is because, I mean, me, like, you know, going through the traditional journalism, the fact that I can sit up here, like, in a varsity jacket and make sure y'all get y'all orders in. That jacket is hot. That make sure y'all get y'all orders in because yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> other people can't do that. There's a lot of things that people can't do, and it just comes across like it looks cool and it is cool and people are like how do I be cool but it's like you either are that way or you aren't you either have the permissions to do certain things or you're not and that's why some people are succeeding a lot more than others but I'm all for the new media I think it's dope I think people are getting information in different ways and it should continue to be this way yo listen man yo, and listen and that jacket is tough I gotta get yeah. to that color wave that color wave is tough <laughs> what job I've been watching I've been watching sports for however many years I've been watching sports, I haven't seen nobody that's not married, and I don't even know if they married or not, a girlfriend or boyfriend or not. Nobody's walking into work and getting rollies and Cubans and varsity jackets and all that shit. <laughs> Niggas don't do that. You've been traditioned out all your whole career. Nigga would not drop in a, nigga would not get you a motherfucking G-Shock. You're not getting nothing. You get your check and you go home. You don't get all the, the bells and whistles when you work with traditional media. You don't get what me and Murder give to you. Not you. I'm just saying. No, it's you. But I'm, I'm yeah. not trying to throw it in your face. I'm just saying. You did. You know. This the shit. This the bells and whistles to right. come along with it. Right. That's just the way it is. It is what it is. So y'all, we're gonna go to break. When we return, we will talk about the Pro Bowl games happening in Orlando this weekend. Don't go anywhere. Pink horsepower. She called this thing about toxic. What's happening, man? Baby. Why are you walking like that? That's how, that's how I walk. And then, like, you come on breathing on me like that. I fucking breathe to live. And, like, you used to be dark-skinned, and now you act like hella light-skinned. You fucking blind? I'm dark-skinned. What, what the fuck? And then, like, look at your beard. What the fuck is your wrong with my beard? Your beard looks stupid. What the fuck are you talking about? No, I don't even like it. The way you breathe in, all of that. Has this ever happened to you? Your girl seems to be mad, angry, upset. She's frustrated. It's only one way to handle that. Pink horsepower. No. Wait, your breath. Wait, your breath is really refreshing. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to give you a massage. Plus, have I told you how good your beard looks lately? It looks so good. No! It looks PHP. It works every time. Wait! Where are you going?
welcome back. Now let's get into our underdog fantasy picks of the day. Tonight, the Timberwolves will play the Magic. Anthony Edwards is at seven and a half first quarter points. Do you have him higher or lower, Mace? Higher. Okay. I'm going to go lower. Lower. Carl Anthony Towns is at 35 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Do you have him higher or lower, Kim? How many? 35 and a half. Higher. Okay, nice. Lower. Okay, and Paulo Bancaro is at four and a half assists. Do you have him higher or lower, Mace? Um, lower. Lower. I'm going to go higher. Hey. Download the Underdog Fantasy app, and you can make your picks, too. We are joined back with our analyst, Maurice Claret. I want to say one thing real quick. I'm sorry. That list when I was naming the NFL owner's age was the was uh, published in 2021. So they're older now uh, <laughs> than when I Worse. said it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, because you know niggas will see us and be like, Nah, killer ain't say the no, right age. See, I, I told you they don't know yeah, what they yeah, talking yeah, about. Exactly. I told you. Yeah, 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 exactly. Look at the shut up. Yeah, exactly. You can't talk about sports. Yeah, exactly. You don't know I anything. can't talk about sports. You talking about music, nigga? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. <laughs> So I just wanted to clear that up for right. somebody Google what I said and be like, he said they were 79, they really 82. Right. So it was published in 2021, but yeah, you right, Murder. These niggas will sit <laughs> yeah, there and be, like, and be reaching, you know? Pick every single thing. Right. Okay, so the NFL Pro Bowl has been changed to the Pro Bowl game. Some of the games include kick-tack-toe, Madden NFL head-to-head, -head, tug of war, they have a flag football, a lot of different formats. So what are you guys' thoughts on the new structure? And then do you still find the Pro Bowl interesting? Maurice first. I don't know. I watched a few of the um, uh, things a couple years ago. And um, I don't know, maybe I'm just a traditionalist in old school, but I used to like when they competed in Hawaii. Um, you know, I just yeah. I just enjoyed the scenery. I enjoyed like that. But um I, I don't know. Just I, I don't know. I'm indifferent about it. Maybe maybe I'm one of like the the old media guys who can't catch up to like what's going on in the new age with media. As I, 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 I jumbled a whole bunch of words, but maybe I'm the same way that the way old media views new media. I view the way that they play football traditionally during the Pro Bowl. I would like that back versus these games. But younger kids may like it, and it may be more appealing. Yeah, it's a super downgrade. Imagine you tell a girl you taking her to Hawaii. And then you, she wake up and see a ticket, and you switched it to Orlando. What's that conversation like? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We going to Orlando. They got palm trees too. <laughs> no, they play flag football now, man. I don't care. Are you I don't want to go to Orlando. <laughs> I thought we was going to Hawaii. It's about the location. <laughs> yeah, it's always about the location. My. Yeah, yeah. My thing is this, yo. That shit been whack. No matter Hawaii, Orlando, wherever it's at. The problem is it's in a fucked up time period. You got all these NFL playoff games that people got mad tension over trying to get to the Super Bowl. It's a week off in between the Super Bowl and the last playoff game. So you throw the Pro Bowl there. But right after the Super Bowl, you got All-Star Weekend. So it's like in a fucked up place. Like, so... 
you have to do something spectacular. And I know there's nothing else going on that weekend but the Pro Bowl, so people are starving for sports. But it's really not that competitive. We know nobody's going to get hurt. We know nobody's really going to get tackled. They're making it super extra uh, not competitive so people don't get hurt. Because, you know, it was a time when they was playing All-Star games or Pro Bowl games, I was saying niggas was getting clipped. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was years real. and years ago. But I don't want to see... Uh, Lamar Jackson being chased by uh, Aaron Donald and the nigga take and, and take the flag off. Ooh, you, this nigga trying to kill you all season. Now <laughs> nigga trying to take a flag off your waist is crazy. <laughs> so I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't even know when you should say uh, they should have it. But to me, it's just in a in an awkward place of time of year, especially if you want to go somewhere. Because now, especially, you know, like you said, Orlando is a big, big difference from Hawaii. But if you're willing to go anywhere, All-Star Weekend trumps Pro Bowl Weekend by a billion. Like, yeah. oh, you going to All-Star? They don't even give a fuck where All-Star at. Niggas don't even know, yo, you going to All-Star this year? Yeah, I'm going to All-Star. I'm going to All-Star. Nobody cares where it's at. They don't yeah. care where it's located. They don't care if it's freezing. They don't care if it's hot. Young kids, when I say young kids, people in their 20s who could, and could afford something, they are going. I went to every All Star weekend. Probably my whole twenties. I miss. I made every All Star weekend. I didn't give a fuck where's that. And I probably went to the game twice. It's the atmosphere. So um, as far as that's concerned, I don't know what they're gonna do. But I don't ever see the Pro Bowl being like. Oh, pardon me. I'm sorry, guys. I don't ever see the Pro Bowl being like All Star weekend or anything else. Just my opinion. I think the concept of it is cool because I went to the Pro Bowl when it was in Vegas. So I think it's kind of cool that they're switching it up and actually doing games, seeing like your favorite NFL stars compete in different type of structures. But yeah, it's just not going to get the attention of like an all-star weekend or even like, and even like the month of February as a whole, because it ends up being like Grammys, all-star, Super Bowl. It's just too many things at once and nobody is hitting all those places. Maybe if it was a close vicinity, it would do a little bit better, but it's just, it's not really making sense. It's this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, they should make it right after right after the All-Star weekend. That weekend would do well because we already won the championship. Then we could show up there and, you know, talk yeah, and, to niggas crazy. Right, and exactly. After you won because, the chip. Right, because nobody who goes to the Super Bowl ever plays in the Pro Bowl. Right. Because yeah. they're getting ready for the Super Bowl. So it just messes the whole thing right. up. And then, then that made a great point. It's the same weekend as the Grammys. Yeah. The Grammys is this weekend. Right. So too much. Okay. And last question before we wrap. It's a general question. Will we ever see a day where women's sports is going to be more popular than what it is now? And what do you think can be done to change that? Maurice first. Oh, uh, I don't know. I just thought back to the era. I can just think back to when Cheryl Swoops and the WNBA and all that stuff was being originated. And I remember like the days of uh, Layla Lee and there was uh, Marion Jones and women's sports. Like they, it felt like you have more then in regards to women's sports than you do now. Like you'll get like, you know, Brittany Griner and Skylar Diggins and Candace Parker. and You'll have flashes. But for whatever reason, I don't know why like women's sports won't stick. Or I don't know if there's something that can be done like in this new age uh, to make women's sports uh, more appealing to people. And that was just a general question, just throwing it out there. Like one, I, I, one I was asking, like for your perspective, like you, like uh, covering them, and then just you know the other guys weigh in. 
Yeah. So I'll go first. Yeah. I think it's going to take just a second because I think a lot of people aren't really open minded to pay attention to women's sports. Like if you look at a lot of the comments when they do like an NBA, WNBA collab post, first comments are it's a it's a woman. Why do we care? Like, I don't care about this. This information didn't help me. But it's like first step is just genuinely being open minded and then I think the culture has changed because now, like, I just had a recent interview with this girl. I didn't know that there was a professional women's football league. So I interviewed one of the girls on the team. I told she you She was that, saying. I did say that. I said Cam should um, coach one of those teams. You said a bikini league. Is a professional <laughs> drink a bikini league? No. See, oh, that's, that's not what I'm talking one? about. And that's exactly what oh, she was okay. talking about. She said the attention has been put at, like, Lingerie leagues, I like did see the lingerie balling, league. the balling <laughs> babes, like they play in their thongs and yeah, buns and basketball. And, yeah, that. <laughs> She's like, I knew that one. She <laughs> said, she asked Cam, she told me to tell Cam to bring her on the show, buns and basketball. Yeah, I know a couple players in buns yeah. and basketball. But this is what shout, I'm saying. Shout, shout <laughs> the thick overload from buns and basketball. <laughs> but this is exactly the point I'm saying. Like people know, like the other leagues but not the actual professional one and, and they are saying that it's kind of a frustration because they're out here like actually doing full tackle games getting injuries like putting their heart out there not getting paid nearly as much not getting as many sponsorships so one it just starts with people being open-minded and actually trying to at least try want, to be you, interested into women's like, sports like and then just more coverage with, with pads and yeah and, like they really out in the field all right so what happens if she's like like, the real talk, like, what happens if she's pregnant, she don't know it, and somebody just sack her? I don't know what happens in that specific situation. But if you want to learn more, make sure you hashtag check out the stat and watch my next episode. We talk all about it. Like, I didn't know there were tryouts. I didn't know they were out there tackling each other. I didn't know they were getting injuries. And it's like, that is, like, the problem. Like, people aren't even starting well, to pay attention that's, that's so. really good that's really good yeah and then i try to do a mix because it's like realistically right like at the end of the day whether you choose to believe it or not people like drama like the people that people are paying attention to are women who are always in the headlines the one who's getting in a that's what i was gonna fight, get stuff to. like that so it's one like thing, one thing that'll help like women's women's sports is the branding of it and the um and the imaging of the people who play mm -hmm. I think it got to garner more attention. Like you will find some girls that have that are really popping, but they're not really good. Yeah. Or then they're really good. You know, they're really good, but they're not popping. Yeah. You know, or that personality's that not there. Like yeah. it's just like so all right, she's good. So you need kind of both. So when it. I got introduced to um, female basketball, like when I really started liking it, was that Houston team mm -hmm. with um, Swoops and Cynthia. What's mm -hmm. her name? Cynthia, something like yeah. that. That was my favorite player. Yeah. My just last thought on the topic, I think that the crossovers really help. Like even at All-Star now, Sabrina Ionesco and then Steph Curry doing the WNBA, um, NBA crossover three-point challenge. Like that helps because people, if they didn't know who she was, they're going to see them on that platform and then start to be aware. But it starts with stuff like that. It's going to be a slow incline, but it's definitely a lot better than where it was before. My closing thoughts. And they need to let some guys own some teams. That, that probably would help. Who's starting? Like, Brady has a stake Tom in the Brady, ace, yeah, aces. Say, yeah. This is what I say, and, I, and it's, it's, it's much, as fucked up as it is, I don't think like this, and it's not my opinion, mm -hmm. but I'm just telling you how niggas is. 
it needs to be more sex appeal. And I don't think that that should be right for them to get paid the right amount of money because they're good at a skill that they're yeah. good at, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, whether it's swimming, whether it's playing pool, especially now. I think they get a good amount of money in tennis. Tennis play, you know, if you're a good player. What are you saying, Cam? That, what I'm saying is that this, niggas don't know how to be cool with women unless they trying to fuck them. I got a bunch of female friends I don't fuck. I used to be like that. I used to be like, man, what am I hanging out with her for? And I, no, 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 she ain't like So you're saying they're mainly not good looking? I didn't never say nothing like that. You're throwing words in my mouth because that's what you're probably really thinking. But I'm saying <laughs> it's this. I'm saying that. And when I'm saying that they're not, but I'm not saying sex appeal. I'm not saying that they're not good looking. I'm saying that niggas won't be like, damn, I want to hit that. You know what I'm saying? And fuck, you know, niggas be like, oh, this shit. <laughs> and that's what makes niggas want to watch as opposed to, because I heard niggas say like, uh, these bitches out here playing ball. Them bitches, pardon me, these so females So you think it nice. need to be more good-looking basketball players? I think they look great. What I'm saying is looking great, and when you're playing ball, you may not have the sex appeal, but when you get off the court, you may have sex appeal. Mm -hmm. I don't know the answer because I'm a fan of female sports regardless, but I'm talking around talking about a lot of people, a lot of men, especially from Harlem, and I'm going to say we because I, I figured it out. I'm going to say we. So that I, I'm going to say we because I We figured, is him. Yeah, no, we is not even me. We, no, I'm keeping it real. Niggas, I talked to, I just told you I was in the barbershop. Niggas don't realize that they male chauvinists. Yeah. <laughs> they don't understand it because they just think that's the way it is. And niggas be male chauvinists and don't realize it. I'm talking to a nigga every day. I ain't going to take blows, blow the nigga name up. But I'm like, he likes her cam. If your ex went on and, uh, and, and had a couple kids and got married, you cool with her? I said, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to be with her. Oh, I ain't never wishing none of my old joints be happy. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I wish everybody died. <laughs> I, said, I said, yo, but you didn't want her no more. Yeah, and, and that's just, she could die after that. I don't want nobody to want. I was like, why are you? Yeah, that's beyond chauvinist. <laughs> yeah, so you're mad. I'm not telling you what it is when we get off camera. I ain't going to throw him under the bus on national. But at the end of the day, we had this conversation, and this man said, I don't understand how you want your ex to be happy. And I'm like, yo, if a girl is asking you to be her boyfriend for years and years and years, and you keep saying no, and she gets a boyfriend, ends up having a family, and she can't pick, come meet you no more, you, you mad about that? Yeah. Yeah, man. I say, you, you fucking crazy, my nigga. But back to the sports, I don't know the answer. I wish I did. Um, I'm willing to help participate in any way I can, uh, female sports, because those females in basketball are special right now. I haven't seen a pro football league that um, Stat is talking about, but as far as basketball, you know, I've been watching a lot of WNBA the last two years, and it is really uh, something special to watch these uh, female basketball players. And then I just want a disclaimer, just so people don't think when Cam says sex appeal, he's not saying that they don't look good because I don't yeah, think people run it. That's that's not what anybody was saying. Uh, but it's just like I don't know. People like to watch different things. I mean, people like a good-looking athlete. Yeah, for sure. It don't matter <laughs> if, it, if it's if you're a guy and you're looking at a female, you want the female to be good-looking. Right. I stand by the message. Right. 
Well, make sure it's your message. message. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, he didn't say that, though. Listen, you can make a lot of threes, but that ain't, you know? Yeah, just make sure it's your message. I want to clarify that because we all collectively have been trying to do a push towards women's sports. Yeah, I love women's sports. Yeah, but that's why I want to clarify that because somebody would be like, oh, you say they don't even look good. Not even just somebody watching, like the athletes themselves, like, because they tap in and watch and are like, cool, like, you know, supportive. So it's like, it's not about how you look, but it is. A lot of different factors, and then just keeping male and women attention. It's it's hard to do. So we have a lot of progress to make. We're on the right track. It's going to take some time, but it's a start. Okay. Maurice, thank you for Mo, being here. Mo, appreciate you, Mo. man. Thank you so much, bro. My man. All right. Go on. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for watching. And as always, it is what it is. Two Big Macs, like when they doing them two for five.